Welcome to this episode of Sometimes I Talk to Myself. Hey, so what are y'all up to? Me, I am just kind of recovering from all of this fire business that's been going on in my hometown. Not my hometown, but the place I live in here in Reading. Um, yeah, it's been a wild scene. So I have some updates for you guys on that. And then also... Um, just some things that I was noticing, you know, I get a, it's a lesson in every bottle for me when it comes to like just living life. I learned so much. So, um, I want to share some, some stuff with you guys that I learned through this experience with this, this car fire. It's called car fire, C-A-R-R fire. If you Google it, if you hadn't heard about it here in Northern California, if you Google it, you'll see everything about it. It's, it was, it was pretty intense. So, yeah, so this, um, I guess for starting with an update, I am back in Reading. I am back home. Um, we did leave twice um, because one day it got really, really bad. We could see the flames pretty close to my house. And then we left again because just suddenly it was about 2 p.m. and the sky suddenly got really dark. But it was like dark orange and it just looked so scary. And so I told my daughter, I said, OK, we'll we'll leave in a few hours. Let's pack um, and let's let's kind of prepare to get out of here just in the next couple of hours. And so that's what we did. And we had some lovely people um, donate to us, get us a room for a few nights. And then after that was over, we came back Sunday evening. So. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I've never been in a situation where um where I've seen with my own eyes devastation um approaching my life. <laughs> but I've seen it in in the distance for others. And you know how you see it afar off and you say, "Oh my gosh, Lord help those people." And then you go on about your day and you never think of it again. Or you might think of it a few more times and feel sadness, but you don't actually you don't actually connect with it because no matter how bad it is, it's not you. It's not your thing. And so this was the very first time in my life that I've experienced um a personal um intense trial coming towards towards me. And I want to tell you, it is not fun. <laughs> the thought, the thought of me leaving and evacuating my place and coming back to it being burned to the ground was, was a scary thought. And, um, you know, eventually, I mean, quickly, quickly, pretty quickly, I just said, Laura, well, hey, I, I mean, I just trust you. You got this. So, hey, it's all good. <laughs> but in the beginning there, it was pretty scary. So two lessons I learned. One, I let my kids influence me pretty hard during this trial. My oldest girl, who you guys know, I only have one biological daughter. But I have an, I call her adopted. I didn't fill out any paperwork or officially adopt her. But I met her when she was like 17. And I took her in. And she had been living with me from that time until 
sometime last year. She's She's been on her own now for almost a year. Uh-oh, dropped the fan. So, um, so yeah, so she's she's been with me for, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's 20, she'll be 26 in a couple of months. So that's how long she's been with me. And so, yes, so she came over and she was so hyped and so intense and so scared. And initially I was still just like, okay, I'm, you know, I had plans that evening. I was, she actually came to that, my friend's house that I was, I was hanging out at watching a movie because her, my friend's husband is a firefighter, had been a firefighter for 40 years. And he had assessed the situation and said, we're fine. It's far enough away to where, you know, you'll be, we'll be fine. But my daughter hadn't ever experienced anything like that. So she was operating purely out of fear. So when I tell you everything that went along with fear was what she was operating in. I mean, she, it was panic. It was, she cried. She was angry. It was just, you name it. She was, she was doing it. And then my baby girl, my biological daughter, she, she was a silent partner in the whole thing. (laughs) She did every once in a while, she would chirp up, mom, let's go. And I'm like, guys, just chill out. It's okay. It's not okay. (laughs) So what I wanted to share with you guys today is a lot of times, well-meaning people, when you are, okay, well-meaning people will try to, man, I just keep thinking about Job's friends and how they surrounded him in his most difficult time. And th- and they were saying some things that were not true. But I, to be totally honest, I think they meant well. Even though God was like, y'all need a whooping. And if Job prays for you, it's all good. But I really feel like that they meant well. And I noticed, too, as people, we like to have all the answers and we like to have it all together. And if we don't, it's it's just like, I don't know. It's almost like you feel inadequate if you don't have every single answer and every single line colored in but I, I I feel and I'm starting to realize that we don't need to know everything and so here's Job with his well-meaning friends but they were dead wrong and so I looked at my I, I look so I looked at the situation that I was just in with this fire and I want to tell you that sometimes you'll have people who who mean well and they might say hey this is what it's looking like around you. So you might need to, you might need to hurry up and do this, or you might need to, you might need to hurry up and do that and make this change or do this thing. And, and then you might go outside and you see in the environment, there's a fire. You can actually see the flames. So that translates to you go to your job. And every time you get there, there's a new devil a new antagonist, a new person uh, to, to push your buttons and to tick you off and blah, 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 right? So you feel like, oh, that's definitely a sign that I need to run for the hills. So that means what? Here, I have evidence that this thing here, I'm supposed, this is not where I'm supposed to be. And then you have the crowd, right? 
So you got that person that sows the seed that you love that's close to you. Then you have your environment. You see that, right? You see the flames. You, you go to work. You, you, you know, you're dealing with uh, adverse situations. And then you got the crowd. So you go outside and there's a line of cars, like what I experienced. And it's showing you everybody is getting out of town. So you should do the same thing. <laughs> Girl, so-and-so quit. Five people quit at the other branch over there in, 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 in such and such a city. You should, girl, you need to quit. Why don't you quit? I'm going to put my notice in in two weeks. No. <laughs> so you see the crowd. And it looks like, man, you guys, when I owned my own salon, um, I had, there was a revolt that happened in my shop. It started with one person. And then it was like it, it spiraled out of control. And. Every person that worked for me left my salon except for two people. And everybody left around the same time, like within a week. And except for two people. And one of them, I knew she wasn't going to leave. She's my best friend. She's still my best friend. She, I knew she wasn't going anywhere. But, but she was a massage therapist. Everybody else were, were stylists. And so I said, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And so there was one stylist who... Who didn't involve herself with any of it and she didn't she just she just stayed kind of separate from the other girls and I looked at her finally because I was afraid I'm like okay she's leaving and it's just gonna be me in here by myself because even my best friend who was the massage therapist she didn't work every day she just worked part-time so I looked at this girl and I said so what's up you you okay she said, girl, I'm fine. Why you ask me that? <laughs> and she ended up staying with me through the ups and downs of, of salon ownership. She never left. She didn't leave until I closed my business after my husband died. She stayed with me through thick and thin, you know. But I thought that she was going to see everybody. Because I think everybody else left because of the drama that was being stirred up by this one person. And so I was like, guys, it's all good. And so it was really no real, I found myself like coming into my business on a defense all the time when I couldn't really, I just couldn't enjoy the atmosphere and just be there. It was always like, who's going to come to me with what, you know, and they think I'm, they must think I'm, I'm silly or simple or something because I'm smiling and I'm nice all the time, but they don't really know me. So, you know, I had to get like, this tough exterior because I was just tired of crap, you know, and then it was like it was almost like it was planned where everybody left at the same time. So here's this girl and she stayed. And Jennifer, if you're listening, because I know you listen sometimes. I love you, girl. <laughs> but anyway, she hung out and she stayed. And she is the example of when the crowd is doing something how we need to actually go within ourselves and say, is, is that for me? I, later we talked about it. She and I talked about it, but she didn't feel she, she stayed rooted and grounded with what, what God was doing on the inside of her and what he told her. He told her to come work at my shop and be by my side. And he hadn't said anything different. So she wasn't going to rally up with some people that were doing something different than what God had told her to do. And so that's what I want to encourage you today on that segment is don't be moved by the crowd. Don't be moved by anybody close to you. Don't be moved by the outward um, atmosphere and environment, the fire flames and all that stuff that you see. And don't be moved by the crowd. 
Because those things are put there intentionally to shake you. So what did I do? In my own fire, right? I saw the flames. I said, whoa, this is knocking on heaven's door right here. This is crazy. Like, it's close. And then, you know, I let my girls convince me and push me into this mode. First, I was actually I was actually pretty chill. Um, and I didn't leave right away either. I took a shower. I took my time and packed my clothes. They were pissed. <laughs> they were pissed. And I just kept laughing. And they were like, why are you laughing? <laughs> so when I finally left, the, the thing that pushed me over the edge was to see the fire for myself. Because I think that that's the type of person I am. I'm kind of a realist. So when I see it, I, 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 that's when I react. And the girls, they were, their, their um, panic wasn't moving me as much. It did a little bit because I actually do care and love my kids. You know, I care for them and I love them. And so I thought, well, what if something does kind of sneak up on us? But then another part of me said, no, somebody got to be calm in this situation. And it's not them. So I'm going to just chill out and I'm going to trust the Lord. You know, it's all good. And so, yeah, so you have those three influences that can come in and affect you. And what moved me was that second realm of seeing the flames for myself. And then what actually reinforced what, I, what moved me was seeing the crowd. Wow, Reading is never this crowded on the, like the streets. You can go anywhere in Reading and there's never any traffic ever. And all of a sudden, there's a thousand and one cars on this highway trying to get out of town, then I must be crazy if I stay behind. So there's those things. And in the midst of all of that, I felt in my spirit to wait it out and see. But I didn't listen to my gut. I listened to my child and my children. So on the way, in the crowd, on the way to get um, this lady that I've been caring for, for the last month or so, who I think I talked to you guys about her in my episode, I think episode 18 or something, where it says, you got a friend in me. I talked about me meeting this lady, and now I kind of work for her. I just help her out. Um, but even in that, she's a person. Regardless of if I'm getting paid or not, I just wasn't going to leave her behind. And sure enough, her sex, her her housing was evacuated. My housing was never evacuated, but the fire was literally over here by her house. So I had to go get her. So I got her out and she ended up staying at the hotel with us. And she spent a few nights at my house. She's actually at my house now on my couch. Um, you know, and I'm just loving on her and caring for her because she doesn't have anybody else. And so, yeah, so I came here to get her. And on the way here, my oldest girl, she says, well, y- y'all want me to just meet you guys in Anderson. Anderson's about 30 minutes away. And it's safe. It's a safe enough distance away to, to, you know, actually the fire can't sneak up on you from that far away. You would definitely see it coming. And so, yeah, so I said, okay, that's fine. She was in that line. I don't know if she didn't want to sit in the line and wait or if she just tried to hurry up and get out of town, but she left us. So we get to, and we get, I get the lady from her house get her all packed in get her wheelchair all in my trunk and her stuff packed in my car and then we head down the road to meet with my oldest girl when we get there she's looking tired and she's you know not really 
she's over it, the whole thing. I said, okay, we're going to Chico to get a, a room, which was an hour and a half away. And she said, no, I'm just going to stay here. I said, okay. And so it brings me to my next point. The, sometimes the very people that pushed you in the first place <laughs> won't even go with you when you come out. For some reason, I keep relating this to a job situation, a job scenario. I keep maybe it's for somebody you 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 you're being um, goaded into losing your position right before your breakthrough comes, and it could be your job, it could be anything, any other scenario. But the main scenario I keep thinking of is a work scenario. And here's this person, and they telling you, oh, so and so was talking about you the other day. You know that you're getting all of this drama from this person. When you leave that job, she will take your place. When you leave and you lose your position, she will take your position. She will be there months. You're gonna say, girl, I thought you were leaving. She will be there. Now, my story. Back to my story. I don't. My daughter's a sweetheart. She just wanted. She just wanted to make sure we were okay. But I talked to her later. I said, girl, you rushed me out of my house. First of all, the house didn't burn down and the fire never even came near us to the point where we would have to be evacuated. And then, then you didn't even stay and hang around. I just wanted to make sure you guys were out of Reading. I said, but we still ended up back in Reading. We drove, I drove, you guys. I drove probably from about 10, 9.30, 10 o'clock to 3.30 or 4 a.m. because we went to Anderson, which was 30 minutes away, and we drove around a little bit, got some dinner, got some coffee. We kind of like just, you know, messed around, and then we ended up getting the hotel, so we thought, driving to Chico and without my daughter, my oldest girl, and find out to find out they gave our room away right when we were five minutes away. So we had no room. So we had to go all the way back to Reading, I was tired, y'all. We get back to Reading. We go to Bethel Church. We go to the prayer house. And um, come to find out, well, we could we could have stayed in the prayer house, but it was just uncomfortable. The thought of it was just, mm-mm. I, I, I said, no, I need my own bed or I'll sleep in the car. So we ended up going right back to my apartment. And um, the lady, you know, her ankle, one of her ankles is, was, was badly broken. I'm believing God that it'll be healed. When we go to her doctor's appointment, but one of her ankles was badly broken. The other one is, it's bad. You know, she can press, push up on it. So she was scooting herself up my, my stairs to get to my second story apartment, you know, build it. So it, it was just a wild run. And I got into bed. I finally laid my head down about five something in the morning. And I said, all of this, all that wasted gas, energy, time and everything to end up back where I started. Next time, I'm going to be still and know. I'm going to be still and know. So I want to tell you, somebody, somebody that's listening, be still and know. Shut out every other voice, every other um, commentary that's going on in the background and be still and know. You know what the Lord has been talking to me about? He said, man, people don't wait on me anymore. Everybody's just wanting to do stuff and they want to move quick. He said, nobody really sits in my presence and just waits on me anymore. And I said, God, teach me to wait on you. I said, I'm one of those people. I run and do stuff like that. Like I'm, I'm real quick to, oh, you said this? 
all right, I'm on it. <laughs> I don't give it a moment to marinate. I don't sit in his presence and quiet in the quiet and just let him speak to me and let him unfold the details of the things that he's saying to me. I just go. And I said, God, I need you to teach me to wait on you. And then I was on YouTube and I ran into this video by Derek Prince. And it says, how to wait on God. I said, wow, this is what you're speaking in this season to me. So now, now I'm doing new things in my life. I have some new opportunities coming up in front of me. And I'm waiting on him. And I'm saying, all right, you told me this a little bit. How, how does that unfold for me? And then learning how to let it burn and be still. Even when I feel like, oh, my God, time is coming. What am I going to do? Oh, I'm running out of time. Oh, my gosh. You know, like, what am I going to do? <laughs> and, you, and it burns. It burns for you to sit quietly and let some worship music play and not say a word about your issue. But just love on God. I love you. I, I just love you so much. I know you'll show me. But I just want to love on you. I'm just waiting for you. There's a song uh, by Jesus Culture, and I think Ken Walker sings on it. And they're saying, waiting here for you with our hands lifted high in praise. And it's you we adore singing hallelujah. I love that song so much. Let me tell you something. He said, we're waiting here for you with our hands lifted high in praise. We can't wait on the Lord without there being a spirit of worship. I know some people that are pissed off at God right now at this very moment. Saying, well, I'm just going to wait on him. You got to get unmad first. <laughs> or you're going to have to bring it all and lay it down. It's a decision of your will. What do you want to do? So, I just wanted to encourage you guys with, with that today. I'm a little late getting my podcast out. I actually did record one while I was in, um, I went to another city because the sky, like I said, it turned orange and it turned dark and it was two or three in the afternoon and it looked, it looked pretty bad. I did, I did practice what I had just learned. I was calm. I did not leave my house until 7.30, 8 o'clock and hit the road to go to um, to Roseville, which was a couple of hours away. And we stayed. And it was really, too, mainly because the smoke and the ash, the ash was falling and it was just burning my nostrils. So I decided to get out of there and um, take my daughter and take the lady that I'm caring for. And we just went and got us, you know, got into the room that someone got for us and praise the Lord. So, yeah, I I felt like it was something else I was supposed to say. But um, I hope Lord remind me. Remind me what it was. Ah, okay, I remember. Um, But I think it's for another time. I think I've said enough on this topic. So, yeah, I'll share it with you guys. and just so I'll remember it, it's, it's to do with like things coming to where you live. So, but I feel like what was said tonight is what needed to be said. So Papa God, we thank you. Thank you so much for, Lord, thank you for 
just all that you do, your loving kindness, your tender mercy. I thank you for being patient with us, teaching us, guiding us, leading us how we should go. Lord, I pray for my listeners, God, that um, you would touch them in their situation. Whoever this person is dealing with the job scenario that um, is causing them to feel like they need to quit. I, and, and it's not something you want to do. And I really feel like you're supposed to be at this job to be a catalyst for people. And not it's not for your own sake, but it's for the people. And uh, I know I always do this when I'm praying. I always tell another story in the middle of my prayer. But I want to say um, we are life bringers. We are change get bringers. And so you got to be aware of that wherever you go. And especially when you're working a job, it's not for no reason. It's for a purpose. And I, I was thinking of this lady. I've started this thing where I don't think anything's on accident anymore. So even when um, telemarketers call me, even if they're Arabian or whatever, I, I minister to them. And so I ask God for a word for anybody that calls my phone. So one day this lady named Deborah called me. And she was asked, she did, she did a survey and it was all about smoking. And of course I don't smoke. And if the time that I did smoke was such a, first of all, it was a long, 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 like I was a teenager and I did it for like a day because I was trying, <laughs> I was just trying it. Um, and so they asked, the survey was going and they asked me all these questions, but I said, Lord, do you have something for her? He said, yes, but I want you to do the whole survey first or she's not going to receive it from you. And I said, okay. So she asked me all these questions. Um, my sexual preference, I was like, okay, all right, Lord, you told me to do this survey. She, I said, if she asked me anything real personal, like my name, address, phone number, you know, it was just a survey. She asked me what color I was, and that was as personal as it got besides, you know, if I like men or women or whatever, which I don't know what that has to do with smoking. Anyway, um, so... I did the whole survey and she said, well, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate you going through that with me. I know that was a lot. And I said, no, no problem. Let me tell you why I did. I said, the Lord told me to do the survey because he has a word for you. I said, Deborah, the Lord said he's restoring your joy. He's restoring the joy of your salvation. And I just just broke down this word for her. And I said, I feel like I'm seeing like um, family issues with you. Like you've been having some issues with members of your family or it may be one in particular where things have just gotten really heated. But God says he's bringing peace in that situation. Um, he's restoring your joy. Get your hope back up. Start playing your worship music. Get get back excited for the things of God and what he has planned for your life because um, he's, he's on the move, you know, and I just, whatever the word, I mean, it was just, it was more to it, but I gave it to her. She's crying on the phone. Um, she's just like, Oh my God. <laughs> you know? And here's this a telemarketer. And this is not the first time this is, it actually started months and months ago when someone texted me, I got, I have a new phone number that I got and somebody texted me on it saying, Hey, are you coming to work? And I was like, sorry, you have the wrong number. Text her back. Okay, no problem. And then the Lord was like, oh, no, it wasn't that. So the second time I got a, the second text message I got um, was from this guy. And he said, hey, buddy, blah, 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 blah. And I said, sorry, you have the wrong number. And I said, hmm, I felt something like kind of jumping me. I said, hey, I said, I know you don't know me, but I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. And I feel like the Lord is saying 
Phew, like I just gave this whole paragraph and he and he really he really loves you and he wants you to come back. And he texted me back. He said, thank you so much. This means a lot. That was it. You know, so I said, oh, man, I missed an opportunity with that girl. And the Lord was like, why? Why? Why you feel like you missed an opportunity? Text her. So I said, OK. So I text the girl who texted me. Um, I knew it was a girl somehow, by the way, she was, you know, she initially started her text message. I just knew it was a girl. And so I said, hey, um, I know that you text me by mistake, but I'm a believer. And I feel like the Lord is speaking to me about you. And um, I don't know if you and your mom are getting along, but I just felt like the Lord says that he's bringing peace to your relationship with your mom, that he's got you. And, you know, I just like I just gave her this long message of what I thought I was hearing. And she texted me back and she was more detailed. You know how girls are. She said, oh, my gosh, this is right on point. Thank you so much. And, man, there's so much going on with my mom and also my family in general. And I was just like, OK, well, I'll pray for you. Um, and the Lord's got it, you know, just got to give it over to him. And that was it. So from now on, like now, when people call me <laughs> or, or text me on accident or they have the wrong number, I'm like, hey, one guy I, I talked to, he was calling me for something. And I don't typically stay on the phone. I say, no, I'm not interested. But hey, can I tell you something? <laughs> there was this one guy. And I said, I see music over your life. I don't know if you sing or you just produce music, but I feel like the Lord is saying that that's a part of you that you let die. Even this job you're working, you hate it because because this is not what's in your heart to do. You actually want to do music. And this dude, this grown man, he sounded a little thuggish, you know. He was like, I'm about to cry. <laughs> I said, oh, bro, don't cry. I said, just give God your passions and he will burn that thing. Like not burn it, but I, I, he'll bring it. He'll light it a fire. Like he'll bring it back to life for you. Just give it to him. And so he was so touched. He didn't want to get off the phone. I could tell. He was like, oh, man, like, well, who are you? What's your name? I said, that's not important. <laughs> Just serve the Lord with gladness. And let me get off this phone. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, it took me uh, years of being faithful at my hair salon. When I tell you, like, one thing that I knew I had to keep is a box of tissue. When I was when I was styling hair, I knew, oh man, if God would give me a word, I would just give it, and I would have people coming and sit in my chair. And having major decisions to make, it would be people God would tell me their profession just to break them down um, to, to be, you know, ministered to. One time this girl came in and she just had on jeans and a T-shirt and she was a new client. And what was so funny was I had a client named Regina who canceled her appointment. And I had the, a, the same girl of Regina come <laughs> with the same name, a different girl, same name come and take her place and, and get way more than what she was getting but the lord wanted me to minister to this girl and i hadn't and i never saw her again i did her hair that one time did her hair that one time and ministered to her and i never saw her again but the segue for me to minister to her i said hey are you a nurse she, she looked at me how do you know and then it was something else it was like three other things that the lord showed me to like confirm that it was him speaking and I said I said okay I think the main thing was that she was going to be pregnant soon 
and that, you know, she needed to prepare herself. And I told her what I heard and she laughed and she said, oh, my gosh. And she said me and my husband were I think she was saying they wanted to wait a while. But I kept feeling like that. It was something like that. You know, it was confirmation. It was really good. And then she left. And so I want to encourage you this job that you're working. (coughs) It's not for you. And you're only there longer than the time that you hoped to be there because you got to get about your father's business. You need to get about the business of the kingdom and doing kingdom work. And when you pass those tests then you graduate, and you move on. Now I'm sitting at home and I'm feeling like whenever I talk to anybody about Christ, about burst, like I just about burst because I'm so full. If I wasn't, let me tell you, if I wasn't doing these podcasts, I would probably, um, yeah, I don't know. I would just be on these streets talking to folks, doing whatever I could because it's, it's in me. And I don't preach a whole lot on these podcasts, but even when I talk to people, I talk to them normal. I didn't quote scriptures back to back. I talked to them where they lived and I loved on them for who they were, but I also loved them out of their hell and, and their mess. Some girls came, sat in my chair, moved in with their boyfriends. I said, why are you doing that? My mom said, it's okay. I said, I don't care if the Pope says it's okay. You know, it's not right. She never came back. Many of the girls that I talked to, <laughs> I told her, I said, girl, let me tell you, you're going you're gonna to mess up big time. Don't move in with this man. Many, many of the, the girls I talked to, God would have me even break down what the guy was like. How do you know? I said, he's lightweight abusive. He may not put his hands on you, but the way he speaks to you, you are uncomfortable with it. Why are you moving in with him? Oh, man, I would just talk to them like straight up. And I didn't say the Bible says and the word of God. And this is what and it is unholy. No, I just told him, hey, I had a baby at 18. I'm telling you, it is not worth it. Close your legs, live your life, buy you some plane tickets, fly somewhere, do some fun stuff with your girlfriends. You can have male friends. That's okay, But keep your legs closed and enjoy your life. Because guess what? You give people the right the right way, God is going to find them. You just got to tell them. You got to be real. And a lot of times, they don't want to be preached to. They just want to know what's real. And so I say, hey, this is what's real. Keep your legs closed. That's real. Because you get... Let me tell you something. And When a man... <laughs> why am I talking about this? <laughs> when a man get what he want from you, and you're not his wife. They lose a bit of that edge, that interest. They do. It's not, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. There's only a few men that, that don't. And one, one level of that type of man is, is a weak man. And then there's another kind that, when I say weak, meaning they just have such low self-esteem. They... They're actually so on. I mean, you those are the ones you just want to throw throw the whole man away. I mean, it's they're annoying. It's, it's annoying to be around this kind of man. And then you have this other kind that they know they're supposed to be living right. And they're actually good men, but they're just doing their thing. And so they'll try to make an honest woman out of you. But eventually, eventually, it gets old. Y'all, I, I'm telling you, I don't live three lifetimes. Don't do it. So I tell these girls this stuff. And I pray and hope that they listen to me. I've had women, I've told, I'm like, please don't, please don't, please don't. And they do. 
get pregnant? Girl, I broke up with him. You pregnant? Why? I told you I done did it. I know. <laughs> Why would you? <laughs> Some people just have to learn for themselves. I get it. So, anyway, I've just totally digressed way off of my original subject. I love you guys so much. I bless you. Lord bless them. That was the longest prayer ever. <laughs> slash storytelling. But I thank you, Lord, for... Lord, that they will be focused on your kingdom, your kingdom, God, and that they will be themselves. Lord, that we don't have to look like everybody else to win a soul for you. To, to Man, let me tell you, I got so delivered from, from Bible thumping folks upside their head because I realized that some plant, some water, but God gives the increase ultimately. So I might not be the one to close the deal for this person to get saved. I might just be the one to say, hey, God says he loves you. He says you're having issues in your family. He sees and he knows. And he's aware of everything that's going on with you. He is crazy about you. He can't wait to embrace you in his arms. Boom, that's it. Well, thank you. And they go on about their business, smoking, drinking, or whatever they want to do. But I planted a seed so that two months from now, or that time, the next person that's obedient to God, that's in position, will say, hey, God loves you. He says he sees everything going on in your life and your family. He wants to know he's crazy about you and he's got his arms wrapped around you. Baby, let me tell you, God works like that. But if you're not in position, how can the next, that person get that next thing, uh, seed watered in them or, or seed planted in them? If you're not in position... We got to stay ready. We got to. Um, it's not a time where I can say, oh, I'm not in the mood. I was picking up my mother in law from the airport. I was exhausted. I had just driven four hours and now it was almost 6 a.m. And I was driving back and we stopped at a gas station. And the Lord said, I need you to encourage my daughter. I said, Who is your daughter? He said, This one right here. I said, Okay. I said, How you doing? She said, Oh, I'm wonderful. How you doing? I said, I'm wonderful too. Let me tell you what the Lord is saying about you. He said, You carry his joy so well. And he wants you to be encouraged. This woman was touched, y'all. And I was tired. But I didn't let my tired stop me from bringing heaven to earth in her life. And she's working at the gas station. But God says she carries me well. And I want her to know. I want her to be encouraged. I want her to know that I'm proud of her and that she's not just doing this just because. So, yeah, I loved on her. And then the lady at the cashier at the desk, I said, hey, let me talk to you for a minute. And let me tell you something, guys. Don't be don't be prideful. Just ask questions. If you ask pertinent questions, prophecy is for everybody. You all can do it. I promise you. Just ask questions. You might see somebody and you'll see something. You'll feel something. You'll say, huh, is your favorite color yellow? I just saw the Oh, yeah, it is yellow. It's as simple as that. Or they might say, no. You say, oh, okay. I was just asking. Why did you ask? And then you might feel something else to say, well, I felt like I was seeing the color yellow and then I was hearing brother. Is your brother alive? Yeah, but we're having some issues. Yeah, I felt like God was saying he's in the midst of that. Just just do it, guys. Just just do it. Just go for it. God, I pray for boldness. I pray for confidence and courage and that your people will step out and be individuals and be different and not and not compromise your word, not compromise, but to 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 be wise they said he that winneth souls is wise that's what the bible says so to to learn with learn how to be all things to all people how to to win souls without making people feel like 
they getting ready to be hung on a cross and they they neck sliced open you know so god i thank you i thank you for even curving this whole podcast lord i love you with all my heart my soul my mind and my strength you are amazing and i pray that everybody will get to know you better god and lord that you reveal yourself to us as we seek you in jesus name all right y'all i'll holler at y'all next time love you bye oh africa shall be saved (laughs)